Hey everybody, Tony Jones. Ryan Parker. We are your hosts for Killer Serials. A couple dudes with PhDs who like to watch TV. PhDs in theology, I should say. Because, you know, a lot of PhD in theology people, you know what they say, Ryan? What's oh, that? yeah, I don't own a TV. <laughs> Has anyone ever told you that? When I look at people who say that, I'm like, they still make people like you? Yeah, I don't own a TV. Okay. Do well, they own a cell phone? Do they own an <laughs> iPad? Do they own a computer? We own TVs. We watch them. I have one we TV. Talk, we talk about it. I have vowed never to have a TV in you, the bedroom. I was going to ask you that. We don't either. We refuse. Yeah, we will never, which means we have one TV in our house. But, dude, in this era, what do you think the kids watch? What do you what think do you kids yeah. watch? Well, I, I can tell you I don't have a TV in my bedroom, but I fall asleep watching my iPad. Exactly. Yeah. Kids devices. We're hypocrites. TVs are... They don't even say, like, Dad, can I watch my show on the TV? They don't even say that. They say... Yeah, uh, I'm going to watch my show on my phone with my earbuds in. When you have family time, do you all gather around the iPhone? Yeah, exactly. Hey, how did you enjoy your break? We've been off for a while. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, we took an August break from Killer Serials. It's, it's uh, you know, to watch show. It took an August, August break. To, take, to watch show after show and then talk about it every... Um, oh, woe is us, week. right? It's, it's tough. It's tough. We so could be we, digging a ditch. We took a summer break, which we needed, and um, it didn't mean we stopped watching TV. We did watch TV, and we're going to talk today uh, about Last Chance You, which The Guardian uh, in London earlier this week uh, wrote an article saying, qu- asking the question, is Last Chance You the best sports documentary ever made? Stop it. Really? Really? And well, they apparently didn't watch uh, ESPN's 30 for 30 OJ Made in America. Yeah, that's it, I haven't watched that yet either, but it's funny on the ESPN app, man. That's like they they really are pushing that. Um, mm-hmm. so, so, but yeah, uh, you know what? A lot of people did compare Last Chance You to which is, it's an original Netflix documentary series. Um, it's what yeah, six episodes, series, documentary series, six episodes. They've re upped it for season two. They're hour-long episodes. I'm guessing a lot of our podcast listeners watched it because this is just Hope the so. kind of TV that that uh, that I think our people would like. What's the um, what's the uh, the show on HBO about NFL teams? Or hard Knocks. So it's more hoop dreams than Hard Knocks, though, right? I did read some article that was like, "Last Chance You." is everything that Hard Knocks is not. Like, Hard Knocks is scrubbed, stupid, saccharine, rehearsed, yeah. Bad reality TV, the worst reality TV. And Last Chance You is the best of of really reality TV. First season in ages that I have not watched Hard Knocks from, from, from beginning to end. Yeah. And maybe because I watched Last Chance, which... Like you've already been saying, put put me off on it. Well, let's just set up Last Chance You. Um, I bet most people it did get a lot of press this summer, and so uh, unlike unlike a lot of shows we do, we're not going to talk about um, season, uh, episode by episode. We're just going to talk about the whole season. Um, it follows the 2015 season of 
the East Mississippi Community College football team. And this is a junior college team in a tiny town of Scuba, uh, Scuba Mississippi. You pronounced that correctly, yes, Scuba. Scuba. And, um, you know, it's it, it, these are players, the, for the most part, these are players who have gotten kicked out of D1 programs. Uh, some of them are players who've never been in D1 football programs, and they're trying to climb the left. They're, they're, so they're either trying to climb out of a hole that they've put themselves in through bad grades or bad behavior, mm-hmm. or they're trying to up their grades because they barely squeaked through high school and they're trying to get you know looked at by D1 um, uh, D1 people. So you know a lot. It, it's so interesting. There are a couple set pieces um, in the over the six episodes. One uh, you know is obviously the practice field. Another is Coach Buddy Stevens' office. Another is Coach Buddy Stevens' pickup truck when he's on the on the phone with the sports talk radio. But the one I I think is the most poignant and I'd like to hear you, you reflect on it. it I'm going to, I'm going to say that this, um, this place, which is Brittany Wagner's office and she's the academic advisor to the football team, that it's, it's a holy place. It's, it's like a sanctuary. It's like the pastor's study or yeah. the confessional booth or, or like you say, the sanctuary. Yeah. So Brittany is an academic advisor for the football team and and probably for other sports, but we see her uh, kind of consulting with these football players. And she is a cheerleader. She is a mom. She is a friend. She's a an instructor. And she's a therapist. And she fulfills all these roles with, I think, integrity and genuine love for these these guys. Um and what I appreciate about the show focusing so much attention on her is that in the midst of all the like chaos and life and we hear stories like news stories of violence and you know broken communities and stuff, there are countless Britneys in the South doing this work in the classroom and the uh, the counselor's office that get zero attention, right wow. yeah. that are slowly and quietly loving hopefully loving students and student athletes into a better future and that's really what she i think she sees that as her mission she seems to be a woman of faith um but there there is nothing especially coming from the south where i think there's a perception of southerners who have such a thick drawl and if i had a couple more beers in me i probably would sound that way too that Dude. there's that there's a lack of sincerity there but oh, she comes yeah. off completely authentic. I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, I I think it, it is. It, are you talking about the lack of sincerity of like, oh, sweetheart, and and bless her soul, that kind of insincerity. Yeah, there's all of that kind of stuff in the South, but that's not her tone. I mean, that's not, not at all who not she is. All. And and or is there some sort? Of, what is she up to? Or is there you know, is she just helping them because one day they might be famous athletes or whatever? I think she I think the the kind of the hard work that she does and the closeness that she has with these students I think it just erases all of that doubt or you know uh criticism or whatever yeah. um 
I don't know how much longer she can stay at EMCC. I'll tell um, you what, I seems to be good at what she does. I wondered, first of all, how many marriage proposals she got <laughs> from the show. Because you get a little bit of her backstory, and she's a single mom, and she's so sweet. I mean, I will say this about, like, just, uh, and, and I think it, it's kind of a fascinating thing for you and me to talk about, because I am like, I am a Yankee through and through. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's you why I was me. glad to hear you were watching the show. You don't get more Yankee than me. And <laughs> she, she is like, got the makeup, the nails, the Dipped like, in honey. She, <laughs> there you go. That's right. Dipped in honey. And so my first response to her is, like you say, not, you know, I had heard beforehand that she, she makes the show. She's the real star of the show, you know. But, um, man, she is. She cries with these guys. She, she, how she says goodbye to them at the end of the season. Oh, my gosh. A lot of them only stay for one year, you know. Yeah. And a lot of them, quite honestly, are only, only able to get to a D1 school because of her. I mean, yeah. she, she's not just getting them through one class or the next class. She's getting them like from one quiz to the next quiz and sitting so, over them in the computer lab when they try to bang out an essay on what they did last summer. So there's, yeah, and there's multiple, I would argue that she's working harder than B- Coach Buddy Stevens. You know what? And there's a lot. I, and I was just going to say, you know what? You end up even seeing more of the college uh, recruiters in her office than in his right. office. Listen, there's a lot of conflicts in Last Chance U. Probably none more stark and important than the than that between Buddy and Brittany, or the tension there, the difference in the way they approach these young men. It's it's shocking to me they're never shown in conversation. I never. watched this. Sh- I watched uh, this show with a buddy of mine who played both um, high school and D one football in Mississippi. And from the second he saw Buddy Stevens, he goes, that guy's a terrible coach. He's, yeah. He doesn't get it. He's horrible. And I think to your point, the recruiters know that too, which is why they go to talk to Brittany. And so you have, I mean, someone, who, you have someone who understands the brokenness and the, the difficult situations that a lot of these guys come out of and are trying to move maybe into a better life. And she realizes what that takes and what is necessary, and he just does not get it. I mean, you got to wonder how it is that you never once see him or any of his staff in Brittany's office. And let, you know, unless that's a choice by the filmer, I mean, that would be interesting to find out. I can't imagine, because I did watch an interviewer, uh, I, I mean, sorry, an interview with one of the um, producers of the show. He was on an ESPN or maybe a Fox Sports uh, talk show. And he said the single thing that made the show is that Brittany Wagner allowed them to have cameras in there. Whenever she was in the office, they could roll cameras. Yeah. And he was like, that made the show. Like, of course. We didn't know until we were done filming and look back. That that was the show. That that was the show. But that was the show. Yeah. And so... In other words, they had cameras in there all the time. You never see Buddy in there. You never see Buddy call her to say, how's, how's DJ Law doing it uh, in English class? You don't see one of the, uh, like, 
it, it's crazy. The only time you see them together, and you don't, is, I mean, they're not together together, but Brittany's on the sidelines of the, at, during, during football games. But yeah. there's no, she's just there like to cheer on the team, you know. She's not there in any official capacity. So uh, that's so fascinating that your buddy would say that. Oh, he said he's terrible. He goes, this guy does not get it. He said that guy wouldn't last a second at a D1 school. He's and he's he, that's probably the end of the road for him is is junior college. Yeah, well, he's the king of scuba. I mean, you know what? He, Don't he, we all wish we could be? <laughs> he's like he's massively overweight. He, he eats nothing but meat. Eats nothing did, but did you meat. see all the religious accoutrement and the deer heads and everything in his house? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there is also we should say underneath the show a a kind of strange layer of Christianity. Oh, yeah. it's the assistant coach who's constantly yeah. trying to do a devotional. <laughs> I know his, his devotionals are, as my kids would say, cringeworthy. Listen, if you watch, I, I should send a link and we should put this in the show notes. Uh, there's the Ole Miss, the Ole Miss rebels, the university of Mississippi football team has a, this year, their motto is hashtag rise up. And they have, I guess it's a hype video. I don't know. But in that hype video, there are multiple pastors in at the, you know, when they're doing their film sessions who are in there giving devotionals like this. There's something about that that I'm not a huge fan of, Tony. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that from the opening, one of the opening scenes is these guys doing the fastest most rote version of the Lord's Prayer you've ever seen. It's every episode, and it's always preceded by uh, a buddy telling them to go kick somebody's effing ass. I mean, yeah, the 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 f word is no you know no stranger to Buddy's mouth, but um, it's incredible to me the um, yeah the, the way Buddy starts off that prayer and the way they say it. I mean, it's almost like I want to make it my my ringtone on my phone or something because it that I, maybe maybe we'll we can find some audio of it and and splice it into the podcast. But it, if you haven't heard it and you're a person who comes from a Christian tradition where you say the Lord's Prayer, you're used to people saying the Lord's Prayer kind of by rote memory without really any feeling. But yeah. you've never heard it like this before. You've never heard it like this. So my kids, here's and here's another funny thing about being a Yankee. I watched this show with my daughter who loves, loves, loves like uh, reality TV and real crime stories and stuff like that, forensic files. And she, so I, I was like, hey, here's a, here's a real, you know, here's like a reality TV. And she said, wait, is this a Christian college? Because, of course, they're wow. praying. And she goes to a public high school where there's no way no way that the um, that the school would you know allows people to pray before a football game or the coaches to lead a prayer. Not a chance. Yeah, and then, I, you know what's south, so frustrating. Right? To, what's so frustrating to me is it, it's not necessarily that there's this. Um, you know, it's not necessarily that the coach, for example, is employing religion and spirituality to interact with his players. It's that it's so completely divorced from their lived experiences mm-hmm. that 
and that you can see that it makes no dent. It, it doesn't get through any sort of crack to, to, to shape the way they think or, or live. Yeah, that's what's, that is what's odd. I mean, it, it, there, there's so many things that you watch this show. Even you watch a guy like Buddy who's like diabetic and you think – I said to Courtney, at one, my wife, at one point during the show, I'm like, he's going to have a heart attack on the sideline. Like that's how this guy's going to die. And here, you know, in Minnesota, we, we're, we, we've lived through our college football coach, Jerry Kill, who had to resign – because That's he right. had multiple epileptic seizures on the sidelines and in the locker room during halftime. That's like right. people watched him go down on the sidelines. It was crazy. I and here's that. this guy, he eats absolute crap. You're like, nobody really eats like that anymore. I mean, we all know better now. But Roll down you know. to Mississippi, buddy. Oh my gosh. And then just like, oh, nobody just like swears at college kids anymore just like unmitigated f-bombs left and right oh yeah he this guy does that you know he's just like a completely unredeemed figure he has no introspection he picks a fight with a freaking referee yeah yeah in front of a camera yeah (laughs) and he's not the least bit remorseful about it no and and at that end when they you know they all there's that big melee at the end that kind of derails their championship plans. He never has his teams back. He never, he reminds me of a certain few football coaches. I'm not going to say their names, but you know, it seems to me you always want to put the team before yourself, whether you're a player or a coach. Yeah. And he doesn't understand that. Yeah. And let's, yeah. let's speak of a team. Let's talk about some of the, some of the guys on the field, because I think yeah. what's, what's interesting about this this place because it's this last stop for a lot of these guys in terms of football. And let's be completely honest, maybe their last opportunity to turn their life in a different direction. If academics and behavioral issues are what might be kind of keeping them on a road to, you know, where certain family members have been, you think about the quarterback's father, right? Mm -hmm. So John Franklin's father, no, not John Franklin. I'm sorry. This is the wide receiver. Uh, DJ Law, you know, when he brings his father, uh, his father shows up with his friends and is trying to tell him, hey, you don't need to go the way that I've gone um, and all these things. But you really do have a cross section of of young men here that come from a variety of economic and kind of social backgrounds. And that's what I I really appreciate about the show. Um, But I mean, I will say this. Yeah. Like, okay, so you talk about there's also some racial stuff going on in the show. But it, 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 it's not, there's no, it's not overtly racist. You do get the sense when they pan through the locker rooms that like the white, the white players stick together, but there aren't many of them. And the black players stick together. The one white player who's actually profiled in the show is Wyatt Roberts, that uh, one of the two quarterbacks and a quarterback who doesn't seem to have D1 aspirations. Well, he doesn't have D1 talent, really. Talent, maybe that's and, it, yeah. And he really doesn't have aspirations either. And this is the this is what's, uh, I think, going to lead us into several different directions. And I think, again, why the show's so good is why it comes from a relatively privileged background. Yeah. Football is not his way to a future. He's like, well, I'll just right. go to Mississippi State and go to a fraternity and, and live that life, you know, because he can. His parents can afford that tuition. Yeah. And he'll probably have some sort of job waiting on him. Yeah. 
Now, you know, you see him at his deer camp and he's going hunting and he's hanging out That's with right. his family. That's right. He's got family. other interests. That's he's got other right. interests. For these guys, and this is where you know, we can get to this later in the conversation, but for a lot of these young men, this is the best shot at a really good life that they're going to get. Yeah. Um, and that's that's it. Just is, and there there are problems with that, and so they have to devote their attention. You know, they have to work harder. They have to, you know, the the pressure on them to perform in practice and in the game is much much higher. Yeah. Um, and imagine that at the D one level. Oh my gosh! I, I can't. Mean- I cannot imagine. Which is leading me to say, like. If you're going to play football at a D1 school, that's all you should be doing. Then you you do your four years of eligibility. You either go pro or you can stick around and get your degree. Well, you do see a couple things. It makes you it makes you see and wonder a couple things. One is there's no way that a D1 school would allow documentarians to. Oh, are you access. kidding? Absolutely not. And the second thing is you wonder why did the people at East Mississippi State allow it? <laughs> you know, um, or and, at EMCC. I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think, um, I think the only way they did it is probably because Buddy Stevens' ego is so massive that he thought that he would come out smelling like a rose on this thing. I guess so. That's the only I, reason I would guess that he and the president of of the MCC would allow it. Um, you know, as the show progresses. Ronald Ollie becomes a, a a central figure. He isn't in the first couple episodes, but by the last few episodes, he really is the central yeah. figure. You're rooting and for we him. And we get his backstory. His parents ha- are both dead. Uh, he kind of bounced around between relatives. Everybody knew he had athletic potential. Um, and he's just the biggest sweethearted guy yeah. you'll ever meet. But he's, first of all, he's one of these guys who I could barely understand what he was saying. Yeah. And he's barely educated. And he's one of the guys that Buddy, the coach, really goes after. In all the wrong ways. In all, like, the yeah, if you know anything about parenting or coaching or being a teacher or a Cub Scout leader... You know, different kids respond to correction differently, and you got to discipline different kids differently. And he goes after Ollie the exact wrong way. And really, I mean, Ollie's the one who Brittany Wagner keeps keeps from leaving. Truly, yeah. you know what I mean. Well, and also, yeah. And so there's there's different personalities, there are different experiences, there are different ways of I mean these guys a lot of these guys have seen things you and I can't even imagine seeing yeah. as children and the impact that that has on you spiritually, emotionally, psychologically. But what the show and and different people require different uh uh forms of interaction and encouragement and coaching and educating and I think that's another thing. It doesn't really go into this in great detail in the show, but I talked to a uh, one of my former, former um, one of the former deans of students at where I went to do my PhD at the GTU was also a former D1 basketball coach, women's basketball coach. And she had a lot of interesting things to say about higher education and athletics, uh, paying students, how you can, how you construct a, a student athletes curriculum. 
And she was like, well, we're failing a lot of these students because we're not understanding that there are different ways of learning and there are different yeah. and multiple intelligences. And football players, in a lot of ways, exhibit a certain type of intelligence. Uh, you think of a playbook, how thick a playbook is. And to know any portion of that requires pretty profound intelligence, right? I mean, a great memory, great recall, uh, great uh, re- reaction time, you know, how to employ these things. So, and, and Buddy doesn't get any of that, right? Um, and they, these guys aren't dumb. I mean, they're on, they're on their way to try to be D1 players. It, it's just different. And Brittany gets that a little bit, but they're confined in this educational system that's expecting certain things of them that are completely irrelevant, right, to their yeah. lived experience and what they want to do. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it does. I know it, it raised for you this question of, should we pay college athletes? Not now, not JUCO. I'm not. I'm not going there. But, but I think I mean, it's, I it even, opens I the door to like for these guys. Like for Ronald Ali, football is his only way out of a terrible situation. And it's terrible that that's his only way out. And if he gets quote unquote that, paid by getting a, a college degree. Um, and so he's somehow employable, or if he learns uh, some life skills so much that he can be a defensive line coach um, down the road or something, sure. then I think maybe maybe it's good, you know? Maybe it's good. Um, I don't know if it's enough, though. Maybe not. I mean, I do think of that one guy, w- one of my favorite characters on the show, and I'm probably not going to be able to find his name, but he was, um, he is the, I think, offensive or defensive line coach. And he was the one guy there who had NFL experience. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was uh, like a defensive line coach or something. Yeah. And yeah. I thought, that guy, man, he's, he, he knows both sides, basically. He knows these kids, um, you know, and where they come from. But he also knows really way more than Buddy knows. He he really knows what it takes to um, you know to to to, to make ex- it. succeed in football at the highest level. Yeah. So uh, a little update here. I saw. Uh, uh, I've just looked up a highlight on Maroon and White Nation, which is kind of the fan site for Mississippi State University athletics. Yeah. Former EMCC quarterback Wyatt Roberts joins Mississippi State team. I did read that online too. It's on the Wikipedia page that one of their walk-on capacity. That's right. One of their quarterbacks left the team. That's right. Coach Elijah Staley. (laughs) That's right. So I guess. And then it looks like um, a couple of the other guys are at Jackson State University, which is a um, a school in the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Is that on on October eight, Auburn plays Mississippi State. So John Franklin. Junior hey is the two backup quarterbacks. I'll so, be watching uh, that one. I mean, that's fascinating. Yeah, that's CBS fascinating. will probably have that one, and they, they should make a, a a big deal out of that. Um, yeah. So, and we're talking about, um, and man, if if this isn't also evidence that, and I want to tread lightly here, 
this is also evidence that of, of the kind of a failure of an education system for uh, talented athletes. Okay. Right. And like, if you're a talented athlete, you can just sail through because you have all the help. I mean, I bet in high school, you wouldn't want these documentary cameras in a high school. Right. Because you probably have some cases where people are doing work for you or I don't know. There's always this sense that that very talented athletes are always kind of. I'm not saying life is easy for them, but there are doors that are open that may not be open for everybody else. True. Yeah, it's true, but I mean, people have, you know, every one of us has, no, I shouldn't say that way. The, the, the cards are not dealt fairly. And this is yeah. a big. In many ways. Yeah, in many ways. And the way that so many of us are dealing with issues of, you know, I grew up and was raised in a very privileged um, environment. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about that right now, about claiming your privilege and being honest about that. And, and, and rightly so. Um, and, And there are, you know, people who are given at birth extraordinary athletic ability. And some do great things with that, and a lot of doors are open, and some people get paid massive sums of money because they can play a game shooting a ball into a circle, you know, or throwing throwing a baseball over the over the plate. I mean, it's it, the, there are bigger issues at play, but but I think what but but that goes back for ten thousand years of human history that. <laughs> People who are physically blessed have the upper hand at certain things. I mean, going back to when, you know, cavemen were fighting over over meat or something. So but here's what's what 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 last chance you is about is the structure and system that has grown up around yes. these people with massive athletic ability, um, but maybe in other ways they're deeply disadvantaged and this little junior college sits right in the middle of that, like uh, athletic ability and kind of like socioeconomic disadvantage. Yeah, I mean, and consider the town around EMCC. Like, and yeah. the, what opportunities are there that are around a lot of these junior colleges? I think you bring. I, I want. I'm not necessarily walking this question back, but I'm. You know, another thing that I like about. Um, last chance you is there is still this component of no matter what your physical gift, so to speak, or the situation you come from, there's still this element of personal responsibility involved. So you might be blessed with this great hashtag blessed (laughs) with this great athletic ability, but you still got to get out on the field and practice, right? Yeah. Uh, you, You may have been given this great background, but you still need to, you know, show up and do the things that you're asked to do, like go to class, write a paper. It's not, (laughs) but how far back do we, do we un kind of unweave that thread of personal responsibility? 
Right. My understanding of personal responsibility was imparted to me by a wide family, a, a great number of family members and friends and, and yeah. friends who were like family. I recognize that a lot of people don't have that, right? So we're asking people to employ what is a learned discipline. And if no one's been there to teach you, how do we, how do we begin to craft that? And I think Brittany in her own way is trying but it's not successful because she may not, she may be ill-equipped to, to do, to do better. Yeah, that's a, that's a fine question. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, there, there's obviously no great answer to your question about whether it's a, a service or a disservice or, you know, but, but my, but, but, uh, the big question I have for for Brittany, who I'm sure at times she goes home at night and feels like she's banging her head against a wall at work, you know, yeah. is when these guys roll into um, EMCC at age 18 or 19, has the die already been cast? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. can these guys, through athletic achievement, overcome the disadvantage of their background or... Are they really simply just pawns of white privileged people who run big time football in America? Well, I think there's and, and, and honestly, I mean, and is there die cast that that's who they are and that's what they're going to be as two as a couple white guys, one of whom you loves football, another of whom me doesn't really love football, but you know, I'll watch a game or two on a weekend on a fall weekend. Yeah, I'll watch a Vikings game. I'll watch a college football game if it's on. Hey, I'm, sorry about Teddy Bridgewater. I know what a bummer. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I think that um, I I wonder if this show is somehow representative of America's overall ambivalence with football, and and you know our ambivalence with football supposedly is all about head injuries right now. But let's be honest, it's really about football is primarily a sport where white people shell out massive amounts of money to watch sure. black people play. What? Yeah. And watch, watch, uh, pay attention to any of the conversations surrounding Colin Kaepernick when an African-American player decides to do something other than play football. Right. Make in the space of football. That's right. It's it, it only strengthens your point. Yeah, because you know, I mean, what's a, what's a what's a ticket? What's the face value of a ticket to an NFL game? I just bought twenty tickets to the Saints Chargers game at ninety eight bucks a pop. Holy moly! I per I you know personally did not pay for all of those tickets. I'm just saying that's. I know you can, your average nosebleeds probably eighty five seventy bucks. And you get down lower, and it's two fifty or four hundred. Oh, more? Are you kidding? More? And you know, and you know what the Vikings? The Vikings are opening their new stadium. What are they selling? Seat costs? licenses? What, yep. And and the stadium costs one point one billion dollars. That's right. That's right. And we throw uh, many times disadvantaged young black men into this uh, coliseum. To bang their heads against each other, we pay them massive amounts of money, but you know, 
It's it, it, it's it, my ambivalence with football runs deep, and I don't even love it. So I'm sure you, I'm sure you lose sleep at night over it. No, but I don't. I don't enjoy it the way I once did. Yeah. Before I started thinking about all these things, and and quite frankly, I don't watch it as much as I used to. Like uh, I won't watch. I probably won't watch a game on Saturday. I mean, last Saturday, this last weekend of college football was great, but uh, I probably won't watch much college this weekend. I'll watch the Saints game on Sunday, and I might get up and go walk the dog. There you go. But well, yeah, so it's it's, been- it's yeah, it's, and I think watching this show makes you ask these questions. I think, um, and to, and to maybe piggyback on your point, I mean. It is a nationwide obsession that that is supported by people at all in all communities and all kind of socioeconomic locations. Yeah, um, that's part of the, that that makes it such a behemoth. If it was just well to do white people supporting this, I don't think it would be the monster that it's become. Yeah, I mean everybody, and then you add the fantasy element and the gambling and all oh this. I mean, gosh. it's 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 another level. Yeah, that breathed new life into football at a time when football maybe would have faded as a sport. And it's just going to be fascinating to watch football um, over the next few years, over the next decade, because I think it's um, I think it's on very thin ice. Yeah. And I would also just say that I think looking back, Last Chance U in is kind of a six-episode microcosm of the challenges of football, but also why people love football so much, you know, the, Mm -hmm. the warrior aspect of football and people love guys like buddy. In fact, I'm going to guess that most people, even who watch the show don't agree with you and me when we say that buddy's buddy's a real problem. Buddy's not helping these kids. Buddy doesn't get it. Buddy's not even a good coach. I bet most people, it's funny, you even watch him, you even watch him kind of uh, attack that referee. And you kind of think, well, you and that wasn't that bad. Or maybe there was, but then you look back on it and you think, holy crap, that was really bad <laughs> this guy's unhinged really really bad yeah. yeah so well it's a fascinating show and um i'm glad i'm really glad i watched it and watched it with one of my kids that was that was fascinating yeah, it was then, good to watch um, i watched i watched all six episodes in a weekend with this buddy of mine again who had, yeah. who had played football and we just found ourselves every episode going it's it's great every episode and there's no drop off there's no you know, you want to move right into the next one. And um, right. and it does make you ask a lot of these questions and think, you know, maybe a little bit deeper about our fandom and yeah. that system in place. Well, next week, let's talk about another show that I think a lot of people binged this summer, and that was Stranger Things. Come on. Which was another Netflix show. Netflix is just killing it on the good shows. Yeah. And again, um, we're going to talk about the entire season of Stranger Things in mm. one podcast. Yeah, we might so make a big if one. You haven't, if you haven't watched it yet, the kids are back at school. Binge it while they're at school. Yeah, and <laughs> we should also 
We should also uh, put a little uh, note out to folks because folks love that show. If uh, maybe we can see if somebody wants to come on with us and talk about it, or if there are any questions folks have or comments that they want yeah. heard, uh, we need to make an avenue for that. But let's definitely a get that next week. A lot of people watch Stranger Things, and yeah. um, and right, rightfully so uh, for for multiple reasons. And that last episode, I think there's some real a uh, couple of kind of theological twists that. I think we should talk about. So should we'll we close with the chat, Lord's Prayer? Chat about that. <laughs> yeah, if you can find it, if you can find the audio for it, close with the Lord's Prayer from from Last Chance U. I you bet it's it. on. YouTube, Thanks, so. guys. Thanks, Tony. All right. See you next week. Oh my goodness! Twenty-five straight victories. Three national championships. first time I came here, when I crossed those railroad tracks, you see this football stadium. Guys from Division One who had been in trouble, fails a drug test, flunks out of school. Who disappeared for a couple years and then show up again at Alabama or the New England Patriots. This is where they come from. Once you win three, the expectation is to win a fourth national championship. We graduate everybody that's supposed to graduate, and everybody goes D1. You don't get this but one chance now. You don't get one chance at what we're trying to do. You got me? Yes, sir. Nobody's in my family ever been this far. I ask myself, is this something that I want to do? Because being away from my son, I'm playing football for him. But I'm also missing him growing up. I ain't never want to go to class. I just leave and go home. That is not going to be good. I got to do what I got to do to get back to another big-time Division I program. It's very frustrating. Life ain't fair. Football ain't fair. Don't worry about what happens. Just stay focused. They say I'm as big as they come. King of the hill. I'm pulling that card. I hit them so hard. It feels like steel. You have to provide them with structure, tough love. Like, I'm going to give up on football. <laughs> and going back to what? Everyone deserves the opportunity to get an education. Everyone deserves the opportunity to have a second chance. Hard work pays. You just probably cost a chance at a national championship. If football ain't for you, go find another damn school to go to. Messed up, dug a hole, got climb out of it.